And now on Radio 4, it's time once again to join the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker and twice unlucky loser of the Blackpool Peer Traders All-Comers Biannual Donkey Derby 1968-1969, Count Arthur Strong. Arthur says his affinity with the donkey began as a small boy when he found one left by the fairies under a leaf in the garden. Now push off and bother someone else. Join him now for this week's instalment of... Count Arthur Strong's radio show. Let's have a look then. Um, I've got my hat, I've got my gloves, got my bag, my shoes, got my dress, uh, my stockings, suspender belt, my corset. And a lovely pearl necklace. Good. That's all there then. Now, makeup. Where's my makeup bag? Come on, where are you? Want to experiment putting my face on? It's usually on the sideboard. That's funny. Is it in here? No. Oh, hello. Look at that there. I'd forgotten I even owned a frugal horn. <laughs> I'll leave that out. Oh, look at that photo, eh? Oh, me and Roger Moore and Jimmy Tarbuck at a variety club of Great Britain do, unless I'm very much mistaken. Wait a minute. No, it isn't. Oh, it's at Butlins, is that? Yes, that's right. I remember now. Me and Roger Moore and Paul Daniels at Butlins. Yes, there's no mistake in that. Hang on. That ain't Paul Daniels. That's the um, little chap used to drink in the shoulder of mutton. Tom, little Tommy Parkinson. That's right. That's me and Roger Moore and little Tommy Parkinson at Butlins, 1968. Oh, happy days. Do you know, I don't think that is Roger Moore. <laughs> That's Tommy's dad, is that? Stan. <laughs> Standing next to me. Is that me? <laughs> Doesn't look like me. Which one is me on it, then? I mean, I'm, I'm none of them three. Well, what, what's happened to this photograph, then? Because it never used to be them on it. The, this photo used to have me, Roger Moore and Paul Daniels on it at a, at a variety club of Great Britain do. I know that for a fact, so I don't know what's got on there. It was like that film I was watching last night with Felicity Kendall in it. Oh, Rosemary and Time's Baby. Oh. Dear, oh, dear. Had all the necks at the back of my hair standing up that did. <laughs> Went to bed in a right sweat. I wouldn't mind, but I thought I was watching The Good Life for the first hour. <laughs> I only stuck with it because I thought Penelope Keith would be on in a minute. <laughs> they should put films like that on later, after the um, Watership Downshed's finished. <laughs> anyway, shut up a minute. None of this is getting me makeup bag found, is it? Um, let's have a route around in the back of this cupboard. Oh, my bloody head! Oh, what idiot's knocking on the door when I've got my head in a cupboard? Yes, I'm coming. Dear me, some people just think all they have to do is knock at your door and you go down and open it. Oh, I'm going to give her whether this is a right piece of my mouth. Good morning, Count Strong. So it's you, is it? Playing silly beggars with my door knocker, Malcolm. Well, I did try your bell, but I couldn't hear it ringing. That's because I've taken the batteries out. <laughs> Why? 
Because, Malcolm, I've signed up to the Toto Agreement um, and I'm reducing my carbonated footprints. Really? Don't be stupid. The shop didn't have any U2 batteries. Besides, I'm fed up with people ringing it all the time. Gets on my nervous system. And after your display with my knocker, I'm seriously considering removing that as well. What do you want? You phoned last night and left me a message with me ma'am. About some work. I called you back last night, but there was no answer. Oh, it was you, was it? Hey, I nearly hit the bloody ceiling when that rang. I was watching Felicity Kendall give birth to the offspring of Beelzebub. <laughs> oh, right. You'd better come in. Mind your head. Ow! On that light fitting. Come on through. So, what is it, this work that you want me to do? Malcolm, listen to what I say and listen well. The Concord players are doing Charlie's Ant at the Civic Theatre this spring. And I am going to play the eponymous title role of Auntie Charlie. Congratulations. Well, I'm saying I'm doing it. Um, they're, they're having auditions for it today. So why do you need me? Well, if I'm going to be getting in and out of a frock every night, I'm going to need some help to lace my corset up, aren't I? What, me? Absolutely, Malcolm. Oh, <laughs> it will be wonderful for you. You'll be backstage every night, soaking it all up. The roar of the goose grease, the smell of the clown. Oh, you can watch me from the wings as I ply my craft. Night after night after night after night. And hope, just hope, that a little of me will rub you out. And, uh, uh, rub you off. Oh, it can rub off on you. So why did you want me to come over today if you don't know whether you're doing the part or not? Doing the part or not? When I'm in that frock with my corset and wig on and my false eyes flickering at them, they'll, they'll be falling over themselves to have me. So are you auditioning today? Wash your mouth off. <laughs> dear, oh dear, people of my standing don't audition. We're going to get me all done up to the nines like Widow Twanky and then I shall just waltz in there unannounced and carry off the anonymous and title role of Charlie's anti-Christ. Uh, <laughs> So you want me to be, like, your dresser? Correct. Will you be paying me? Oh, here we go, eh? I wondered how long it would be before filthy Luca raised its ugly head. I do find it somewhat demeaning, Malcolm, to be discussing the monetary side of things with you out loud. It's a conversation I'd rather took place behind closed doors, if you don't mind. <laughs> now, come on. Help me find my vanity case. Won't be doing Charlie's anything if I don't find that. What I do, if I need making up for anything, is I go to Graham and Brown's. Who's Graham Brown's? The big department store on the high street. I don't want to buy any. I've got a valise full of the bloody stuff somewhere. No, they have a big makeup counter and my cousin works on it. They're always looking for people to work in store, you know, so they can demonstrate all the products. I'm not paying for it. They do it for nothing. They've got free samples of things as well. Why didn't you say that in the first place, you nincompooper? <laughs> Right, then. Um, I'll put my dress and bloomers in a bag and we'll get down there now. Um, oh, we'll go via Wilfs. His Sheila's lending me a handbag and one of the hats. Hello, Arthur. Malcolm. What can I do for you? Well, tell him. You're supposed to deal with all this side of it. Now you're my dresser. Um, we've come to collect a hat and a handbag. Why? He said why. I know what he said. I'm standing right next to you. Tell him his Sheila said... A... Oh, listen, it would have been much quicker if I speak to you direct, Wilf. 
Watch this and learn, Malcolm. Your Sheila has imitated to me that she would not be averse to furnishing me with a hat and a handbag for my triumphal return to the stage to play the title role in The Man from Auntie's Uncle. <laughs> Namely, Charlie, in the play of the same title. Um... Your Sheila has said she'd lend him a hat and a handbag. Well, she's not said anything to me about it. She's at work now. She said she'd leave them out upstairs if she wasn't here. Would you want me to nip upstairs and have a look? That's what I'd do, Wilf, if you came into my antique shop with a similar request. What antique shop? The one I probably might get when I retire from show business, with a tea room at the back, perhaps. A meeting place where the learned can come to philosophise on the burning questions of the day. To sit in quiet contemplation with the sun crossword, the cryptic one, mind, <laughs> stopping only to purchase a solid pewter napkin ring for a christening present, the one of the royal family on the way out. Right. Well, you keep an eye on the counter. I'll go and have a look. Don't worry, Wilf. Your meat is in a safe pair of hands. Right. Well, I might as well have a look and see what I can have for my tea tonight while I'm here. Half a pound of brawn, mayhap. What is brawn? What do you mean, what is it? Well, is it ham? It would be called ham if it was ham, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, that's how we know things, Malcolm, because they're called what they are. <laughs> Ox tongue, ox's tongue. Pig's trotters, pig's trotters. <laughs> chicken giblets, chicken giblets. <laughs> Self-explanatory, isn't it? It does what it says under the lid. What about Bacon. What is bacon called? Bacon. Well, there you are, then. You've answered your own question. It's called what it is. Yes, but using your argument, bacon should be called pig, shouldn't it? And ham should be called pig, and a pork chop should be called pig. Don't be a nitwit. How would we tell anything apart if we called everything pig? Think before you buzz in. Well, what is it, then? Brawn. I have always presumed brawn was Braun. <laughs> Apart from Hitler's girlfriend, Eva Braun. <laughs> which is spelt different anyway, isn't it? Anyway, look, there are more pressing things to be concerned about than Braun identification, you know. I'd just like to know what I'm eating. I'll tell you something, Malcolm. You're beginning to sound like a very fussy vegetarian. <laughs> One of the ones that don't even eat meat. Oh, dear. Here it comes. Hello, Arthur. Malcolm. Hello, Mrs Marsden. You all right? I was. Why? What's up with you now? You wouldn't know if I told you, Sally. Suit yourself. Where's Wilf? He's upstairs, doing a favour for a close personal friend of his. Is there no-one looking after the shop, then? Yes, there is, if you must know. Wilf asked me to make sure any customers were looked after. So either buy some meat or push off. <laughs> because you're interrupting a private dialogue I was having with my dresser here. What? Malcolm dresses you. Can't you dress yourself anymore? What are you talking about? I'm quite capable of getting into my own clothes unaided. It's a theatrical term, is a dresser. I have someone like him if I have to, say, get changed into a dress and high heels in a hurry in the half-light. Do you have to do that often? Well, probably six nights a week and twice on a Wednesday and Saturday if I get my way. Ooh, it'll hardly be worth me taking the dress off. I'm seeing all new side to you, Arthur. Well, if you need hands shopping for clothes, you only have to ask. Don't need any help from you shopping for clothes, thank you. Do you shave your legs, then? Shave my legs? Because that's the giveaway with most of them, isn't it? Most of what? You know, people of the your persuasion. Hey. And hairy shoulders, if they go strapless. 
There's a potter, isn't it, that dresses up like Shirley Temple. Grayson Perry, he won the Turner Prize. What are you talking about? Hairy shoulders and Larry Grayson winning a turnip. <laughs> hey, you live in a dream world, you do. Oh, hello, Sally. Here we are, Arthur. One handbag and Sheila's hat. She left them out. So you knew, did you? Knew what? About him. Who? Arthur. Oh, don't take any notice of her. She's round the twister, is that one? Hey, listen, don't give her any mad cow if you've got any. She sounds like she's had a right skinful for breakfast. <laughs> Tell Sheila I'll treat her hat and bag as though it was my own. Come on, you. So I said to Lord Delphon, put your money away, Bernie. It's no good in here. Oh, dear. Oh, oh. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what, Malcolm. While we're passing it, I have to nip in here. Now then, do I need anything? Um, envelopes? No, I don't want any of those. Um, what shall I get? Have you forgotten what you want? No, I don't want anything. What have you come in for, then? I've come in to look for something to buy. What? I don't know. It could be anything. Are you looking for a present for someone? No, listen with you. Just shut up for a minute. I can't concentrate on what it is I don't want with you rabbiting on. Um, oh, here, I'll get some more of these rubber bands. I'll find a use for them. Right, uh, let's get in the queue. Can I interest you in any of our half-price chocolate? No, thank you. Uh, that's ten ninety-nine. Thank you. Bye. Hello, just the paper, is it? Uh, yes, yes, thank you. Can I interest you in any of our half-price chocolate? Uh, I don't think so, thank you. Oh, that'll be eighty pence, please. Thank you. Can I help you? Uh, yes, I'd like this packet of rubber bands if it's not too much trouble. That's fifty-five pence, please. There you are. There's a pound. Forty-five pence change. Thank you. And? Pardon? And? And what? Have you, have you got nothing else you want to ask me? Like what? You know, the... Oh, um... sorry. Would you like any of our half-price chocolate? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. If I want a pair of shoes, I go to a shoe shop. If I want a short back and some size, I go to the barber's. If I want some mixed offal, I go to the butcher's. Now, where do you think I'd go if I wanted chocolate? A sweatshop. Correct. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be selling sodded bananas next, because that's the way you're going with all your half-priced chocolate, isn't it? I, I do hope my comments finds its way up your chain of command. Well done, me. Good day to you. Come on, Malcolm. <laughs> Right, where's the makeup counter then? Uh, it's over there, up the other end. Can I just go the loo while we're passing the lifts? I thought you were fidgeting. Uh, you should have gone before we came, shouldn't you? Go on then, I'll, I'll see what they've got. And don't start messing about in there. <laughs> right, let's get over here and have a look. Uh, banish the signs of ageing forever. Contains wrinkle autum reversal orum. <laughs> Blimey, they must think I was born yesterday. Hello, is there anything I can help you with? Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. What's that on this bottle here that's in this? Rinclatum reversalorum. And what is it? Well, it's to tighten your skin. Yes, I gathered that. But what actually is it? Because it sounds very scientific to me, that, doesn't it, eh? Would be fascinating to have a look at some of that under a gyroscope, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. I tell you what, I might have a look at a digestivus biscuitus as well while I'm at it. <laughs> you must think I was born 
sometime earlier today. Right. So you don't need any help, then? Yes, I do, actually. So you've got that wrong as well. What can I do for you? I need to look like a woman. What? I want to be done up to look like a woman. For nothing, mind, I'm not paying for it. You, you, you can do a free demonstration on me. I'm thinking of the young Julie Andrews. I'm afraid we don't do that sort of thing, sir. Malcolm said you did. He said you'd do a demonstration on me for nothing and use me as a model. Malcolm? My cousin, Malcolm? Correct. Oh, what's he got himself involved in now? I don't know. Why? Is, is he involved in something? You're not grooming him, are you? <laughs> no, it's me that wants grooming. You all right, Vera? Yeah, what's going on? This is Count Strong. I have acting classes with him. Delighted to make your acquaintance. He's in a show playing a woman. I'm undertaking the eponymous and title role of, um, what is it? Um, Charlie's Chocolate Wonker. Winkle! <laughs> uh, uncle! Auntie, sir! Auntie! Charlie's uncle's cousin's auntie. Thank you. I'm joining a long list of extinguished performers who've done a woman. From Billy Dainty through John Inman, stretching right up Danny LaRue and the hinges and brackets. Why are you telling me all this? Well, he's lost his makeup, and I was wondering if there's any chance you could do a quick makeup job on him. You know, like you did for me when I dressed up as Liza Minnelli for karaoke. Yes, and I'll make sure you get a full credit in the programme. Count Arthur Strong's makeup appears by kind permission of Mrs. Malcolm's um, cousin. Uh, well, you have to be quick before my manager does his rounds. Oh, don't worry about that. It'll only take a minute. Uh, now, for my stage makeup, I usually start with a pancake on my face. Uh, gas mark five. It's fa uh, factor five. Um, then I build up from there. <laughs> right then. Let's have a look in the mirror, see what you've done. Oh, yes. Oh, Mrs. Malcolm's cousin. That is absolutely... You know, I don't mind saying, you've made me a bit tearful seeing me made up like that. I look the spit of my mother with a touch of Margaret Lockwood, a handful of Anita Harris and a soup spoon of Brick Eglin thrown in. Oh... If they don't give me that part, they want their heads testing. Oh, no, he is my manager. Don't let him see you. Just turn your back on him. Uh, can you tidy these cosmetics up at the front, Vera, when you've finished with what you're doing? Yes, Mr Hart. Are these two gentlemen being attended to? Uh, yes, yes, we are. Uh, we're just looking, thank you. Here, ask him what bifidus digestivus is. Sorry, what, what did he say? I said, what's bifidus digestivum when it's at home? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm finding it difficult to hear what you're saying with your back to me. Oh, if I cry it out loud, I said... Whoa! What? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's me. What's up with you? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. No, uh, sorry, um, just, just a shock. No, no, not a shock, not a shock. What was I saying? Um, uh, that's fine, it's fine. Um... Huh, well, Vera, I I'll leave you to deal with these two, um, these two. What's up with him, the gibbering idiot? Uh, right, anyway, um, come on, we haven't got all day, Malcolm. Oh, um, look, where's the lavatories in here? Ever since you mentioned it, I've been suppressing the urge to go. Uh, they're on the third floor. When you come out the lift, you have to walk to the end of soft furnishings and then turn right. They're just by customer services. Oh, you'll have to come up with me and show me where they are. I'm not following directions. You would not believe the number of times people give me the wrong directions to lavatories. I'm fit to burst sometimes, the idiots. Come on, then. Right, well, get the lift pressed, will you? Come on. You're supposed to be my Welsh dresser, aren't you? 
I don't see how it's my job to take you to the toilet. Listen, it's all part of your toilet training, is this? You'll thank me for all the hours I'm putting in with you in later life. There we are. Going up. Ooh, don't all speak at once, will you? Uh, yeah. Press the appropriate button, would you please, Malcolm? Unless anyone's already pressed it. Anyone else go into the lavatory? Are you going to the lavatory, love? No, I'm not. Suit yourself? Yes. It's funny how people don't talk to you in lifts, isn't it? It's almost as if they're afraid to look at your face in the face. I'll talk to anyone, I will. I'm not proud. Here. Have we stopped moving? I think so. Well, the door's opening, then. What floor are we on? I don't know. It's not lit up. Press the button again. Nothing's happening. Press the button that makes the doors open. I am. Oh, get out of the way. Let me have a go. What's up with this bloody thing? Come on, you sodding thing. Um, uh, perhaps it's not such a good idea to bang that so hard. Oh, hello. It speaks, does it? <laughs> Listen, for your information, I am in the process of opening these doors. Now just stand back and let someone that knows deal with it, will you? Well, that shouldn't have fallen off. <laughs> That's not very well made, is it? Look, don't bang anything else. You're making it worse. Yes, I agree. You might have broken something. Look, the workmanship in here is not my fault. How can that be my fault? Is there an alarm? They usually have a, a telephone in them, don't they? That you can talk to Paul Newman on. <laughs> or was it Steve McQueen? Who was the fire chief in the um, towering infirmary? It was Steve McQueen. Oh, it was a good film, that, wasn't it? All those big film stars burnt to ashes. Look, can we just concentrate on letting someone know the lift is stuck? Hang on a minute, who's nominated you, group leader? I'm not group leader, I just want to get out. Yes, well, less haste, more speeding up, isn't it? Eh? Shelley Winters kicked up a fuss in the, the poisoned adventure, and look what happened to her. She drowned to death. Oh... Oh, really? There's a telephone here, behind this little flap. Give it to me. No, I'll do it. Hey, now then, hey? And she says she doesn't have nasturtions to be group leader. Pull the other one. It says here you've got to press that and that'll set the alarm off and then someone will answer the phone. Um, I'm glad I've got you two on your own while she's on that. I just want to canvas your opinion on who you think would make the best group leader of the group. <laughs> because I think she's going to crack in a minute. Will you please be quiet? I won't be able to hear when someone answers. There you are. I told you. Keep your eye on her. One of you might have to slap her face whilst me and the other one holds her down. Hello? Hello? Oh, thank goodness. <sighs> oh, dear. All this waiting gets to you, doesn't it? Oh, it's airless in here. Isn't it airless in here? Terribly, terribly airless. I'll tell you, what's the worst part, though? The heat. It's the heat, isn't it? The heat. It is the heat. Do you hear me? The heat. I, I, I don't think I can take much more of this. And I need the toilet. How, how long have we been stuck in this godforsaken hellhole? About three minutes. <laughs> Three minutes. Three short minutes. But it seems like a lifetime to me. It does to me as well. I'll tell you something. If we get out of here alive, things are going to be very different. Do you think you can just be quiet for a minute? There we go. Stand by, you two. Can I ask you a question? What? Why are you plastered in makeup? Are you a clown or something? Oh, very good. Uh, 
For your information, I am not a clown. I am an attractive woman. <laughs> People say I'm the spit of a young Anita Harris. You're only jealous because you lean towards Mousy. I'm sorry I asked. Oh, isn't it airless in here? <laughs> I wonder how much air there is actually left. Oh, don't start that again, please. I'm only passing the time. Oh, uh, speaking of which, did anyone see Rosemary and Tyler's baby last night with that fat one off the buds of May? Oh, I'll tell you something. If you think being stuck in a lift that might plummet thousands of stories to the ground any second is frightening... You haven't seen anything until you've seen Felicity Mink Cake. It's Kendall. Um, Felicity Kendall giving birth to Penelope Keith. No. No, not Penelope Keith. Uh, I made that mistake myself. Um, that was the good life you're thinking of. Or, um, or, or to the manor born with Peter Bowles. Oh, sod it. I wish I hadn't said that. Just reminded myself I need the lavatory. Um, Talk to me, Malcolm. Take me mind off it. Uh, um, oh, I, come um, on. Um, who's Anita Harris? <laughs> who's Anita Harris? Hey, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Dear, oh dear. What are they like, the young ones today? Hey, it's all Bonnie Langford, Bobby Crush and P. David Hamilton with you lot, isn't it? Hey, with your R and B and B. You wouldn't know a decent act if it was a rabid dog and it bit you. In there. Oh, last. Come on, get us out. Right, we're just going to crank the doors open. You're stuck a few inches below the level of the floor. Here we go. Oh, blimey, what's happened to you? Are you all right? What are you talking about? <laughs> your face. I never said anyone had been injured. You cheeky so-and-so-and-so. I've not been injured. That is the face of a good-looking woman, is that, for your information? Oh, it's all makeup, isn't it? Oh, well, you must have been rubbing your face. It's all smeared. Really? Look, let me get past you. I'm dying for the lavatory. Yeah. Mind the step up. Ow! Oh, my sodden foot! Why didn't you tell me there was a step up? <laughs> you've done to yourself? Do you mean my face or my crutches? Because apparently there's two answers to that question. Uh, I meant your crutches. I, I presume the face is for a show. It would have been if I'd got to the bloody place, Charlie's sodding ant. I, I could immortalise myself in that part. Instead, all I got for my troubles is a sprained ankle. Oh, what happened? I've been stuck in a sodden lift all afternoon. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. It was, it, it was like the flower in infirmary. <laughs> Fortunately, I kept everybody's spirits up until we were rescued. I got everyone out in one piece. Here, you didn't watch your good life last night, did you? Oh, it was dreadful. Hey, my, Richard Bryars was very good in it, though. I'll give him that. He was the husband, wanted to be an actor, and he made a pact with the devil. And he's done very nicely out of it, Mr. Richard Bryars. Thank you very much. Monarch of the Glenda Jackson. Yeah. Are you getting me a drink or not? 
Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Mel Gedroich, Alistair Kerr, Dave Manfield and Terry Kilkelly as Malcolm. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production.